Use Google Analytics to treat your account holders like royalty. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. It's the Conversion Scientist Podcast. I'm Brian Massey, the Conversion Scientist. This column originally appeared on Marketing Land. Look for it in the Marketing and Analytics section. If you're into online marketing, Marketing Land is a must-visit site. www.marketingland.com There are a number of segments that require special attention when we are implementing our analytics solutions. One of the most interesting will be account holders. It doesn't matter if you run an e-commerce site, a subscription site, a blog, or an online service. Account holders are to be coddled and loved. Account holders should be encouraged to walk around your site in their socks on the plush red carpet you've provided for them. They should get medals just for being themselves. MailChimp gives account holders high fives when they accomplish something on the site. On the Conversion Scientist blog, we give subscribers to our free course badges when they read our content. And if they achieve the PhD status, we give them a free website review. E-commerce sites offer account holders discounts and exclusive coupons. Why spoil account holders that may have never bought anything from you? Because they have shown a commitment to your website beyond that of the average schmo. They have established a room at your inn, a place in line, a row in your database. They have exhibited championship-level buying intent. They have given you notice that they have developed some trust for you. Let's not let them down. First, make sure account holders are comfy on your site. We tend to lump our account holders in with our other visitors in our analytics setups. They're treated the same as Bouncy Bob, Lost Lucy, and Methodical Mary. We may want to make some changes to the site just for them. To do this, we need to study them separately. We need to understand where they are getting tripped up, where they linger, how often they return, and how long it takes them to finally become the star of our show, a customer. Before we can do this, we need to be able to look only at visitors and sessions for account holders. To this end, there are some challenges. Tracking account holders when they first create an account is one of these. Some of the pages are visited by an anonymous visitor before they create their account. Others are account holder pages after they created their account. These are critical sessions, a point of metamorphosis. We don't want to lump them all into the account holder bucket, nor discard them as just anonymous sessions. We'll mark the event with, well, an event. Then we can decide in our reports if we want these to be considered anonymous sessions or account holder sessions. You can find a link to setting up events in Google Analytics in the column on marketing land. Another challenge is tracking account holders before they are logged in. Those account holders who return to our site but who have not logged in again look like the average anonymous visitor. This is not good. Fortunately, your analytics package allows you to track visitors across visits. Google Analytics supports custom variables that are tracked using a cookie. Account holders who leave your site and return will still be marked as account holders, even if they haven't logged into your site again. The new Universal Google Analytics provides the same functionality using custom dimensions. You set the scope to user or visitor in the classic vernacular. I've provided a link to how to set up custom dimensions in the column as well. 
Now you may ask, what if my lovely account holders clear their cookies or come on a different device? For now, this will cause some of their sessions to look like anonymous visits. However, Google is doing its 1984 Big Brother thing, and soon you'll be able to track your account holders without using cookies. Another issue is tracking account holders after they're logged out. What do we call an account holder who is logged out? We call them a security conscious account holder. Fortunately, the custom dimension we set when they became an account holder with the user scope will remember that they are an account holder for us. When should we consider a visitor an account holder? For most of us, an account holder joins the ranks of the elite when they successfully complete the registration form. This may include username and password. You may ask for name, email address, and password. E-commerce sites will store billing, shipping, and credit card info for their account holders. However, most of us will require verification of the email address or confirmation of their registration. Account holders that don't confirm their status are no better than anonymous visitors in this context. One way to deal with this is to mark an account holder as such when they log in. This provides unequivocal evidence that they have applied for an account, verified their ownership, and then made the effort to log in at least once. This means that we set a custom dimension account status to yes every time a visitor logs in. Of course, we certainly will be curious about those potential account holders who complete registration, but don't verify or confirm their membership. Of course, we will certainly be curious about the potential account holders who complete registration, but don't verify or confirm their membership. So we'll use our custom dimension to commemorate the completion of the registration process, but set it to unverified. Then we can separately study visitors who have registered, but have not confirmed their membership. We can uncover issues with our onboarding emails in this way. Logged in account holders are poised for action. We want to be able to track account holders log in and log out behavior as well. Account holders that log in are poised to buy or take advantage of being a member of your site. They are extra special to us. You can imagine your site as having two sets of pages, logged in pages and logged out pages. The URLs may not change when someone logs in. The content of the pages may be identical. However, from an analytics standpoint, logged in pages are serving a unique visitor, a visitor to which we want to pay special attention. Logging in can be seen as a session-wide event. However, each session may be a mix of logged in pages and logged out pages. I recommend creating another custom dimension named login status and giving this a page scope or a hit scope in Universal Analytics. This would be set by some signal on each page indicating that the visitor is logged in or logged out on that page. This hit scope lets us have sessions with a mix of logged in and logged out pages depending on when the visitor takes these actions. We will have to ask our development team to provide a signal on each page indicating if the visitor is logged in or logged out. If we have a tag manager on our site, we can ask them to post a data layer signal triggering our container to set a custom dimension. There is an alternative way to create this signal. There is one thing that is different for all logged in pages on most sites, the login and logout links. We've been able to identify logged in pages and logged out pages based on the message found in the header of every page in the site. If you'll read the column at marketingland.com, I step you through how to set up the macros, the rules, and the tags to actually do this in Google Tag Manager. We are big fans of working around the IT department when it makes sense. 
However, this strategy may fall down on pages in the shopping cart as you would like to hide the logout links for visitors ready to buy. So what metrics are interesting for account holders? We will study many of the same metrics for account holders as we would for anonymous visitors. For an e-commerce site, this would include revenue per visit, average order value, visits before purchase, time before purchase, abandonment rate, etc. However, we're going to do a differential analysis to help us prioritize site changes. In Google Analytics, we'll create an advanced segment for our account holders and see how they behave differently. First, you should notice that account holders have significantly higher conversion rate typically. They will also have a higher average order value in many cases. Account holders also tend to spend much more time and visit more pages on our sites. Aren't they just wonderful? You may find that account holders have a lower revenue procession value. They may shop frequently just to browse, but you should reward these visits with kind words and even discounts. Which pages do account holders exit from frequently? You can create a special segment and look at the exit percentage by page. Do account holders come in on the home page or have they bookmarked their favorite category? You can see this through the landing page report. Just watching account holders flow through your site can be eye-opening. What if I told you that most account holders came in through email? Would you step up your email efforts? If I told you more account holders came in through search than directly, would you consider investing in pay-per-click marketing? You'll do things differently in the service of these wonderful people we call account holders, and you'll profit from it. So should you require an account when someone purchases? This is a question with philosophical and practical ramifications. Philosophically, when we require a visitor to create an account before they purchase, we are begging them to let us love them. This is a bit stalkerish. Do we want people who are grudgingly forced to create an account to be counted among one of the most beloved visitors or account holders? If we look at it from the point of view of the buyer, it looks like this. You are asking me to create and somehow remember a password just so I can have the honor of buying from you. And what if I pick an easy to hack password? Doesn't this make my credit card info vulnerable? And if you store this stuff for me, will you be as reliable as, say, Target and Sony? I hope not. After all, I know why you want me to create an account. You want to continue marketing to me. You want to store my transactions and use this information to manipulate me. And the next time I want to purchase, I'm likely to forget I created an account. You'll tell me very politely that the account has already been created, so I must now go through the forget password gauntlet of abandonment. Do you really want someone with several hundred dollars of merchandise in their cart to have to complete two forms, the forgot password form and the reset password form, to wait for an email from you, and to be encouraged by you to visit their inbox where they will find things that might be more important than returning to your website? I don't think so. Practically, we have seen that asking for an account will decrease your revenue per visit and increase your cart abandonment rates, and others have seen this results as well. What are we talking about here? Only two things separate visitors that purchase as a guest and those that create an account. Number one, they have to create a password, and number two, they have to agree to our terms of service, which give us special permissions. Buyers can still be required to give you an email address without creating an account. This is a convenience for them to receive communications by email. 
So let's all agree to get rid of the password in the terms of service and focus on the receipt page. Turn your receipt page into a thank you page. If you want to encourage visitors to create an account, the best place to do so is on the receipt or thank you page after the transaction is complete. Here the onus is on you to convince your customer to take one more action. You must define the value of creating an account. Will you save their billing information? Will it make returns easier? Will they get a bonus gift or a discount on their next purchase? You have the effect of liking working in your favor. Liking is the tendency of humans to favor something more purely because they have chosen it. When you catch them in the glow of their choice and before buyer's remorse sets in, you have a good chance to turn them into an account holder as well as a customer. So here's a summary of our tracking tactics. When someone creates an account, we're going to set an event commemorating the creation of this new account. We'll also set the custom dimension account status to unverified. On login, we'll send an event to mark the login and set our custom dimension account status to has account to signify that this visitor is now a bona fide account holder having completed a login. A separate signal will be sent on this page updating our login status custom dimension to logged in. When the visitor logs out, we set an event to mark the logout and our login status dimension is set to logged out. While we set login status here, it will continue to be set on a page-by-page -page basis as well. Then we set up the account holder advanced segment and if you visit the column on Marketing Land, you can see how I did that. This allows us to track account holders separately from everybody else. You are now free to love up your account holders. Your account holders may behave differently from the examples I show here. That's okay. Google Analytics will show you how account holders are unique so you can love them up when they visit. Let Conversion Sciences set you up with a professional analytics setup. It's a part of our conversion catalyst package and also includes split testing and hypothesis lists. Find out if you qualify. Visit us at conversionsciences.com. Thanks so much for listening. This is Brian Massey, the Conversion Scientist. Mm -hmm.